Good morning. This is John Murtha coming to you from 89.1 FM radio out of Lorain, Ohio on this beautiful uh, Christmas season, the week before Christmas. And I'm sitting in the studio here with our station engineer, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. And my good friend and assistant, David Abood. David. Good morning. Good to be here, John. It's a great time to be here, David. Yeah, and uh, just a week out from Christmas and then, of course, uh, two weeks from the new year and this 2017 is rapidly coming to a close. Yeah. But I want to encourage everybody out there, if you want to call in, you might have a comment or a question. Our number here is 440-399-3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. Or you can also go on your computer and live stream us, www.nzn, wnzn.org. And uh, you can just uh, listen to us live. So we're back here again. We've had some special guests on of recent two months, at least, some really interesting guests. And because it's a week from Christmas, I thought we would look at the whole idea of Christmas from a yeah. prophetic standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the Bible clearly says that God is going to tell us things before they happen mm -hmm. so that after they happen, we might believe. Jesus actually says that in, in John chapter 13 as well as John chapter 14. It'll say in Romans, it says that God calls things before they are. Uh, that they might be. So it's only God who is out of space and time that can give us predictions or prophecies of something that's going to happen in the future. And when we look at the life of Jesus, you see a clustering of Old Testament prophecies, particularly at his birth, his life in terms of the Gospels, what he's fulfilling prophecy, his death, and his resurrection. Mm -hmm. So you see, but particularly at his birth, you see a lot of clustering, gathering together of prophecies that are being fulfilled in a really short period of time, what yeah. we call within the framework of the Christmas story. And I wanted to begin by just looking at 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. And this is a good launching pad uh, verse to get into with our discussion. I don't know if you have that, yeah, David. I do. Maybe you could read that for us. Uh, 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Okay, stop there. Yeah. He's saying, oh, we already got a phone call. Okay. All right, this is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good way to start out the program. Hello? Hey, you cannot hear you. You're not in the mic. Pardon me? She said she can't hear you. Oh. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Just go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go forward. But this first verse uh, that says, without controversy, in other words, without dispute, God was manifested in the flesh. Now, this yeah. is a game breaker. The other religion, you're going to have this where the founder claims to be God coming right. to flesh. You understand? Yeah. Not mm -hmm. Muhammad. Not Confucius, not not the Buddha, not on and on and on. But John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Now that's so important. When you think about Christmas, what does Christmas mean? Or why do we celebrate Christmas? Yeah, it's the birth of God, birth of Christ, God, the Savior. Yeah. God invades right. the human condition. Infinite God becomes a infinite infant baby yeah <laughs> infinite becomes infant you know that that god would now take upon himself human flesh and so to speak limit himself uh to enter the human condition 
this is the story of Christmas, really. I mean, yeah. we get distracted, and I understand materialism and everything else, but at the heart of it, Christmas is the idea that God entered in uh, to human history, in, in human flesh. Yes. Now, that, this is an important point, and that's why you'll say here in Timothy, God was manifested in the flesh, and that's what we're going to look at. And then he was justified in the spirit, seen by angels, of course, even at his birth. Uh -huh. Angels are declaring his birth. Preached among the Gentiles. That's why we're sitting here this morning. We're all Gentiles who have heard the message, believed on in the world. You know, we're far away from where this happened in Bethlehem. We're yeah. you know, thousands of miles away here in Ohio. And then he was received up into glory, his ascension. So that idea that all human history changed forever because of this Christmas event. That when God was manifested in the flesh. And so that we're going to delve into that uh, this uh, today. And maybe this is even going to extend another week. We're going to see how far we get today on this whole situation. But when you look at this, since we're in the New Testament, why don't we just turn over to Philippians for a moment. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> and this this word shows um, our Lord's descent, so to speak, from heaven. Um, and he, and he, he gives us this kind of step-by-step descension he descends down from the heavenly realms and starting with verse 5 in chapter 2 of philippians sure in uh, your relationships with one another have the same mindset as christ okay, jesus now here we go who being in very nature god did not consider equality with god something to be used to his own advantage so he's saying here if any if somebody claims to be god you would think they're crazy or you right. you, you think they're uh yeah. blasphemy Unless he is God, mm -hmm. okay? And then he's just telling the truth. And so that's what we see here. He, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery. In other words, taking something that didn't belong to him uh, to be equal with God. Now look at verse, the next verse. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. There it is, incarnation. Yes. You see? Yes. So you see he's coming down there. Right. He's equal with yeah. God on high. Mm -hmm. He's going to come down and now he comes down in human flesh, and then he comes down one more. He's a servant, and then what does it say in verse 8? And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So you see him coming down yes. further, and, and, and the creator of the universe did not need to have uh, sinful human men take him and, and torture right. him and nail him on. He allowed that to happen. Yes. Okay? And, so, and then he descends further, crucifixion was like one of the worst forms of execution man has ever thought of. Yeah. You know, it's one of the most, uh, it's where we actually get the word excruciating from. Crucius, hmm. you see, or yeah. crucible. It comes from that idea huh. of that pain. It's, it's extreme pain. But he's willing to do that. And then it goes, um, then it goes his ascent. We won't get, but verse 9, therefore God has all highly exalted him. So we see his descent, right. and then we see his ascending. Yes. ascending. Uh -huh. But the key here, David, is the idea that He's going to come in human form. See, an angel couldn't save us. Uh, a lamb or a bull or cattle could not save us. Um, good instruction cannot save us. See, most religious leaders give you good information. Some of it is, could be inspiring. Some of it could be very moral. Don't get drunk. Don't steal. But uh, the Christian message is, is centered on a man. As important as his teaching was, it's on the man. He became flesh. God became flesh. Lived a sinless, perfect life died on the cross, buried, rose from the dead. You see, it's based on a person, yes. not a teaching. The teaching, don't get me wrong, the teaching is yeah. extremely important. So that's how we, we start launching into this. 
and many people as they celebrate Christmas do not understand the powerful scriptural background we have uh, for this message. And it goes way back to the book of Genesis. So we'll go back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3 uh, when Adam and Eve sinned and God comes to them and he starts working out his redemptive plan way, way back at the very beginning. And he, and he talks even to the, the serpent, which is Satan, if you mm -hmm. can see in verse 14 verse of chapter 14. 3. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Okay, so this is very important. When he talks to Eve, the woman, he says, I will put tension or uh, animosity between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. This is a, what they call a, an early indication of the gospel because it's saying, again, that the one that's going to crush the enemy, crush Satan, mm -hmm. is going to be a human offspring. And some would even suggest there's a hint of the virgin birth, her seed which is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but notice, he shall bruise your head. That's the victorious strike, you know, what they used to say, descapitas. When you hit the head of the enemy, that you, you beat him. Mm -hmm. But notice what he does. He shall bruise your heel. Yeah. See, when Jesus strikes and kills Satan, how did he do that? On the cross, mm -hmm. he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised yeah. for our iniquity. Yeah. Do you understand yes. that? Yeah. And so this is a very important point. So this yeah. launches us <clears throat> into God's redemptive plan. And a right. key thing here is the seed. Mm. You see, that's why he's going to say to Abraham, he's going to bless you and bless your seed. Mm. Jacob, many good scholars believe this is one of the reasons God destroyed the whole earth with the flood except for the righteous man and his family noah because the seed was being corrupted mm. now, something's going on there in genesis 6 and we won't get mm -hmm. in this morning but it says the sons of god saw the daughters of man it was very immoral it's very violent mm -hmm. every imagination of man who knows how immoral but god had to protect that seed and it had to come all the way down it had come down from noah and then to abraham and then it's going to come mm -hmm. uh, to isaac to jacob then to, to, to Judah, David, and all the way down the line. But all along the line, if you study the Old Testament, you see where he, the Satan is trying to strike it, is trying to hit it, you know, trying to kill it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's there uh, with Abraham, why not Ishmael? Instead of, and then you see further these potential destruction. Even when David faces Goliath, well, he, Goliath could have beat him, but no, he was, David was protected. He beats Goliath, and it keeps coming along, even at the time of the birth of Jesus, Herod was so angry, mm -hmm. uh, he, he tried to kill the children, kill mm -hmm. the seed, kill the seed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Same thing mm -hmm. Pharaoh was doing in Egypt mm -hmm. when he killed a, a firstborn male. Da, da, da. But God will protect the seed, yeah. mm -hmm. and the promised seed will eventually be born. And, of course, we know the rest of the story. Yes, yes David. John, uh, when you and I first got together mm -hmm. a few years ago, and I started to read the Bible from the start to the end, th this is what really excited me when you explained this to me. And right from the beginning, right after the fall, you can see our merciful God in action. Yeah, he right. already had a plan 
to welcome us back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about myself as a father, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about when my teenagers get on my nerves, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about how long it takes for me to cool down. Mm. And, the, you know, Adam and Eve were in paradise. They were with God every day. He said, if you have questions, you can ask me right. every day. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, then they go ahead and sit on, you know, and they destroy that whole plan, but immediately... He's ready to, to forgive, and he's already orchestrated the plan, and this takes us all the way into the Christmas season. But from this point on through the Bible, it's our journey for the birth of Christ. Yeah, you're right. Because what you get, if you want to outline the Bible real simply, you have creation, mm-hmm. fall, mm-hmm. redemption. Mm-hmm. We're in this valley now, this, this redemption where God's mm-hmm. redeeming us. Jesus comes. He starts the new creation. Mm-hmm. You see, at the end of the age, everything is going to be restored. Even the wild animals lie down with the, the lamb and everything else. But now he started the new creation through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, he yeah. started it. Yeah. Somebody once said to me, why doesn't God do something about all the evil in the world? Well, my reply is, God has done something. Mm-hmm. God is doing something. God will ultimately do something. Mm-hmm. You understand this mm-hmm. principle? Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah. He's not... <laughs> Asleep at the switch, you know. No. Some people have this concept of God as the great uh, clock maker. Yeah. He wound it up and he let it go. Yes, yes, yes no, I was, I was saying hi to Mark. Okay. He was waving at us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 where we're at in this redemptive story. But because what man lost, man will regain. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. What's lost through the first Adam will regain what the First Corinthians fifteen calls the second Adam, mm-hmm. and it's this long process. And even early on here, when we see Adam and Eve try to cover themselves with fig leaves, that's not adequate. That's the work of their hands. Yeah. God will yeah. cover them with animal skins. Uh-huh. So, so what do we see? What do we see here? Number one, innocent dies for the guilty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, the shedding of blood. Mm-hmm. Number three, adequate clothing. Mm-hmm. And number four, it's God initiated. It's mm. his plan. Mm-hmm. So you'll see this all the way through. The innocent yes. dies for the guilty. Yeah. And when you see the Lamb of God in the book of Revelation, 26 times, that's one of the keys mm-hmm. to the book of Revelation, what does it say the saints are wearing? Whitened robes washed in the, in the blood of the, of the Lamb. Lamb. There you go. Start yeah. to finish. Yes. So you see, this, see yes. the symmetry, so the closure. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah, perfection. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's no surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Then, then okay, let's move forward now, and okay. we'll start getting in. And David, if you turn to, um, uh, let's go to the promise in chapter 7 okay. of uh, okay. Isaiah. Isaiah is a book that's loaded uh, with prophecies uh, about the, um, the coming Messiah, that he's going to be coming, he's going to be entering into the human condition. And if you look at verse 14... Mm-hmm. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. Okay. Do you notice this is going to be a sign? It's, in other words, a sign is something spectacular. The virgin shall conceive. That's a miracle in itself. Bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel. Yeah. Now, when we come to Luke and Matthew about the Christmas story, we're going to see there's many titles and names given to Jesus. He's King, He's Lord, He's Savior, He's Christ. But one of them is Emmanuel. 
And Emmanuel means God with us. Yes. See, God always really wanted to be with us. Yes. You know, just like if you love somebody, a friend, a, a brother, a spouse, you want to be with that person. Mm -hmm. And you're actually sad when you're not. Yeah. Well, man walked away from God way yeah. back there. But God's whole plan is he, now here when he introduces this virgin born one, who's called Emmanuel, we're going to see that, of course, in the Luke story, that you shall call him Emmanuel. It's a title, but it means God with us. Mm -hmm. Now, what does Jesus say? He says at the end of his, the gospel, Matthew chapter 28, go make disciples of all nations, uh, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I am, with you. I am Emmanuel yeah. till the end of the mm -hmm. age. Mm -hmm. That includes 2017. Mm -hmm. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. Aren't you glad? Emmanuel has come. Yeah. God with us. God with you see what I mean? We should be jumping out of our shoes. Well, we right should now. be. Every single year we should. I'm not kidding you. Well, like my friend used to say, we yeah. should be a little bit obsessed with right. Jesus. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's just a healthy obsession. But it's the idea that once you start understanding that this is a singular book, history is his story. Yeah. It's his story. Yeah. You know, from beginning to end. All the way through. What's God doing? Yeah. He's setting it up. To invade, or what I call yes. enter in, and 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 literally change all our lives mm -hmm. forever. Yes. Since we're in Isaiah, just jump now to um, chapter nine, and um, this is very interesting how this starts out. This chapter, and this is written six hundred years before the New Testament. And again, Christians didn't write the Old Testament; it was a finished volume four hundred years before Christ came. Mm. Uh, but look at verse, um, yeah, I have uh, one and two. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Mm -hmm. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Okay, now let's put this in context. Yeah. Where, when he refers to this Zebulon and Neptali, mm -hmm. those are like those are tribal territories mm -hmm. up in the North Galilee. Mm -hmm. See, when the uh -huh. tribes of the Israelites come into the Promised Land, they separated. You know, here's Dan, here's Judah, here's, but the ones up there were given were, were to Naphtali and Zebulon. Mm -hmm. Well, that just happens to be where Jesus' ministry is when he's up in the Galilee. It's like it's like, um, okay, Bay Village, Rocky River, Westlake—they're all in Cuyahoga County. Right? right, so you get Tiberius, you get these other smaller the Nazareth. They're all up in these Zebulon, Naphtali area. So it says what there? It says they were oppressed. They were, they were always oppressed, particularly by the Romans, by the by the by the sea. That's the Jordan. By the get in the Galilee of the Gentiles, because on the one side of get Lake Galilee is the Jewish, and the other side is the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. The people who walked in darkness have seen not just a light, but a Great light. Okay, <clears throat> Jesus says, yeah. I'm the, that's where he does his ministry, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. So that's where he's coming from. Mm. Well, who is this one coming? We'll drop down to verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, mm. and the government will be on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and you can do verse 7 too then. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, 
establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The okay. zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Okay, thank you. So here yeah. we see, remember the introduction, mm -hmm. there's this great light coming in that region right. up in the North Galilee, which was not an important area. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem was important. Damascus and Syria. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. This was kind of like... Um, yeah. Uh, you know, not, not really yeah. an important region, but a great light is coming from this region. Mm -hmm. And so who is this? Notice, unto us a child is born. That speaks of his humanity. Mm -hmm. Unto us a son is given. That speaks of his internality. Yeah. How long was Jesus a son? He says, from before the beginning, I've been with my heavenly father. He's right. the Alpha and the Omega. Yes. See, child is born, humanity, son is given. For God so loved the world that he gave, gave us his only begotten son. Yeah. You see, mm -hmm. child is born, but a son is given. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very important point because some people make the mistake and they just focus on the humanity of Jesus. Yes. Some dismiss his humanity and say he, he, he was a great idea or his thought or that maybe it was even a myth or a legend. They don't mm -hmm. look at his deity. Mm -hmm. So you can go offset on yes. either. The Bible shows you how to balance it. Mm -hmm. Just like the way God's made us, he's really made us in balance. You know, we got two legs, you know, mm -hmm. not one. No. Yeah. We got two eyes. Mm -hmm. We could get by with one, but we wouldn't have sense perception. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have depth. He gives us two ears. Yeah. You know, he could, yeah. so what I'm saying is God gives us balance so yeah. we can understand things. In the deeper truths of God, we have to hold in balance. Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to get into this more because I know we've been speaking in the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And it, that's difficult for people to understand. And none of us can fully understand it. But my thing is, there are things that we may not totally comprehend, mm -hmm. but we can apprehend. Uh -huh. See, I don't know how my computer works at every level. I really don't. All I know is I turn it on, hit a couple keys, put in a password, I can access all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't know how my car works. I turn the key. When I'm dealing with the things of God, I allow room for mystery. But I want to see what has God declared mm -hmm. through his word. Yeah. He has revealed stuff. Absolutely. You know, a lot of stuff, yeah. actually. So here we say these titles. The government will be on his shoulder. And this speaks to the fact that he is a king. Yeah. Mm. That's a very important mm -hmm. point. And we don't realize that oftentimes in uh, teaching and preaching. Mm -hmm. When Jesus comes, when John the Baptist comes, they're coming preaching a kingdom. See, a kingdom. It is, it, we don't understand kingdom here uh, mm -hmm. because democracies or dictatorship. Yeah. But when you have a king, you, to have a kingdom, you have to have a king. Mm -hmm. And a king reigns and rules. He owns this okay mm -hmm. i lived in thailand for years that had a king i understand these principles mm -hmm. but to have the king jesus was born a king and he was declared a king by gentiles remember mm -hmm. when the wise men came with gifts yeah they says where's this king mm -hmm. when jesus died he was declared to be a king by a gentile yeah. pontius pilate says put on yeah. his cross what yeah. king of the jews right. he was born a king he died yeah. a king he's coming back as king of kings we believers today have to learn how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? Mm -hmm. and our, and our, and <laughs> Start heaven. with yeah. me. Yeah. See, if we personalize that and say, Lord, you rule and reign in me. Mm. You, your will be Lord. done in me. He, this is the thing about Jesus. I tell people, tell myself too, he is very possessive. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, we want a Savior. Great. You know, I mean, amazing grace. Don't get me wrong. 
But he wants so much more than that. Mm -hmm. He wants our thought life. He wants our plans. He wants our. He wants wants us. Yeah, he wants us completely. And that's really the definition. What people are craving today, at very basic level, is two things. Mm -hmm. They want significance. Mm And they want intimacy. Yeah. What I mean by that, they want to know their life meant something. Absolutely. It's signified. I left this, you, we leave this world and we left something. Absolutely. Okay? The other thing is we want intimacy. That is to say, if you have a friend, you want that to be a good friend. Yeah. If you have a spouse, you want that to be a close If you have your children, you want to be close. Mm-hmm. If you have employees, you want them to respect you and, and you want to help. Them. You understand? Mm-hmm. We crave that. And mm-hmm. men will do anything for these things. Yeah. But Jesus gives it to us. Oh, yeah. Significance. If you have Christ you have significance mm-hmm. and you cannot have greater intimacy than when Jesus says abide in me and I will abide in you Amen. so that can be That's fleshed powerful. out so when we see this I just was talking about that government yes one day he when we sing that song um, there's an old song they used to sing kings and kingdoms will will soon oh. pass away but there's something about it is true if we look at all of human history yeah. Powerful kingdoms, Assyrian, Babylonian, British, Egyptian, American. You know, God judges nations within the span of history. He judges individuals within the span of eternity. Mm. We must never get on our high horse as Americans or any other nationality. When you look what happened to Great Britain in the past 200 years, they ruled the world. You know, they said there's nowhere that there wasn't the British flag. But look, you know, it's happened. What I'm saying is Jesus is the king. Mm -hmm. These things will come. These things will go. But Jesus will rule and reign forever. And he's coming back as king of kings. Amen. And then it says... Um, and his name will be called Wonderful. If you study the scriptures, it's very interesting how many times people marveled at him. They wondered at him. Even unbelievers should wonder about him. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't care what you do. I told people, I was speaking at a, a conference once at a college. I said, look, you should study the life of Jesus for no other reason. He's so different. You don't have religious. Most religious leaders are raised up. And they come to some kind of period in their life, a trial or something, mm-hmm. and they come to an enlightenment or, or insight on something, and they start formulating a uh, religion, mm-hmm. a, you know, a philosophy. And they start spreading it, it starts growing, and most of them die about the age of 70 or 80. Yeah. Not so Jesus. He's mm. totally different. Yeah. He's totally, you should study his life because he's wonderful. He's yeah. different. Even how he talks to people, he's different. Mm. Nicodemus comes to him, highly respected. Jesus, we see you're a man from God. Jesus, did, all he says is, you must be born again. Huh? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, they lack fish tax money. Jesus says, Peter, go down and get that fish on the shoreline. I, you'll find the money in his mouth. You know, what? Mm. You know, it's all this paradox. It's all this, yeah. the last, uh, sh- the first shall be last. Yeah. If you want to save your life, Lose your life. Yeah. The greatest leader among you is the greatest servant. Yeah. Somebody's well said that Jesus, it's like he's gotten the showroom of life and he's reversed all the price tags. What we think is important in that isn't in his sight. Yeah. Akita. Yeah. So here we see wonderful counselor. Counselor means one who comes alongside that gives you wisdom, that gives you insight. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I was going to say, it just throws me back to the Garden of Eden again. Where God said to Adam and Eve, if you have any questions, ask me. Mm-hmm. I'm right here and I walk with you. So now God is reincarnated and he's back to being our counselor. Mm-hmm. We, we need that connection. You know, the one thing I was thinking about while you were talking is, unlike <clears throat> the way we live on earth, mm-hmm. where they cut the umbilical cord, we, we, have, we have to be connected That's good point. to God mm-hmm. with our umbilical cord mm-hmm. in real time, all the time, because without that, 
bad things happen. And, and it, the reason we have so many issues is because our separation from, from God. Mm-hmm. And so for us, uh, you know, I just was picturing the umbilical cord, mm-hmm. and it is so important that we stay connected every single day mm-hmm. and that we understand what God did for us after we send in a Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that brings up a good illustration, David. Very mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. And then we're going to take a break. But, uh, you know, deep sea divers, yeah, uh, when they would go down to great depths, <clears> but on the, on the yeah. ocean's floor they could find really wealth in mm-hmm. terms of minerals, yeah. in terms of treasure, sunken ships. But in order to stay down at that level, what did they need? The, that oxygen They tube. needed that oxygen yeah. tube, mm-hmm. which also had radio wires. Right. If they had that in a good supply coming yes. from above, right. they could operate down there. Very, but what if that line got crimped? It's, what it's if it, over, See, yeah. they yeah. couldn't yeah. have good radio transmission. Right. Yeah. They, would be, mm-hmm. they, would, they would just be crawling on the ground because mm-hmm. they didn't give enough oxygen. Mm-hmm. So, too, we're dependent yes. on yes. that which is above, which is the supply of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yes. If we get that, we could operate in this mm-hmm. fallen ocean bottom of a world down here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. great treasure. <laughs> so we'll take a break and we'll come back on the flip side. Thank okay. you, Wanda. Okay. okay, welcome back. This is John Murtha with 89.1 FM Radio. Coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, and I am in the station with Wanda Ewing and David Abu. This morning, we're looking at prophecy in Christmas. Uh, oftentimes, we you know we think of Christmas and, and the birth of Jesus and uh, the Christmas story, but we don't realize that there's so much prophecy in the Old Testament that was telling of this coming one. And we're just looking at this in uh, in Isaiah chapter nine, one of the famous ones. You often see this on Christmas cards. But it should not be a surprise to people that God visited this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, now other religions, they believe God is what they call um, is way is transcendent. He's <clears throat> extremely far out there. He doesn't even approach like in Islam. He doesn't approach Earth. He sends a messenger, Gabriel, or an angel, whatever. But the Bible is different. Right at the beginning, where do you see God interacting? One of the first places, way back in Genesis. What's he doing? Oh, he's walking in the He's garden. walking in yeah, the cool sure. of the day. He's right. having a conversation. Right. He's asking questions. He's responding. He's giving mm-hmm. promises. And so you see that with Abraham. He comes down, it says, and then he goes up after mm-hmm. he makes a covenant. Mm-hmm. He says he's in the burning bush. Mm-hmm. When, you know, And then when he gets his people out of Egypt, out of bondage through the shed blood of the Lamb, the Passover, he tells Moses, Exodus chapter 25, build me a tent or a tabernacle. I'm going to... Dwell with you, a dwelling God. Mm -hmm. And so people should not be surprised that the God whom the heavens of heavens cannot contain, as Solomon says, can come down and and dwell with us. Mm. He can become what's known as imminent. He can come near. They come into the promised land in the Zion, Jerusalem, no longer need a portable tent. Solomon builds a fixed structure, a gorgeous temple. God dwells in the Holy of Holies. So you understand, he's in the burning bush, He's in animal tent skins in the in the tabernacle, mm-hmm. wilderness tabernacle. Then he's in a monumental structure, and then he's in human flesh. Yes. So it's it's what they call sequitar. It follows A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. Now somebody can say, I don't believe it, I don't buy it, whatever. All I can say is if you are a serious student of the Bible and you're willing to follow the dots, mm-hmm. prophetic dots, mm-hmm. they will take you to Jesus. And so when he stands in front of the temple, John chapter 2, and says, destroy this temple, and I'll raise it up in three days. 
He's standing in front of the big temple. He says, that's going to be destroyed anyhow, not one stone. But he says, just he's declaring himself to be the temple of God. Mm -hmm. Through his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, when he sends the Holy Spirit, where does the temple now become? In us. Individual believers. Right. <clears throat> Paul yeah. says it's the greatest mystery yeah. hidden throughout all the ages. Wow. What is it? <laughs> Colossians chapter 1, Christ in you yes. the hope of glory <clears throat> we do not have quote unquote a religion mm -hmm. we have a relationship where god enters in do you understand this principle mm -hmm. he yeah. enters in it says in, in uh, isaiah chapter 57 uh, he says you dwell in eternity O lord but you also dwell in the humble heart a humble and a contrite heart mm -hmm. he could dwell way out there and i really believe we believers have to reflect more and more at this principle that Jesus, that Christ is within us. Yes. yes. You see, yes. he empowers yes. us, he guides us, he moves us, he <clears throat> motivates us. Oftentimes, we get caught up in doing Christian things. I'm, I'm not saying that's not good. I'm not, all I'm saying is, before we can do, we have to be. Yes. You, see, be you see, doing flows out of being. All religions <laughs> are about doing. You know, pray five times a day in this direction. Don't eat pork. Don't drink wine. Don't do this. Don't do that. Wear this. Don't wear that. You see, do do external. Ours is inside out. Yes. For being, being first. Doing flows from being. Do you understand yeah. this principle? Yeah. And yeah. it's going to take a lot of pressure off us, and we won't be as frustrated because it's him doing it. Right. You understand know, yeah. this principle? Mm -hmm. And we can be extremely frustrated if we're always trying to do, 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 do. Western culture is terrible about this because right after you meet somebody, you say, hi, what's your name? Oh, David, your name's David. What's my second question to you? What do you do? What do yeah. you do? What do you do? See, that's that's fairly uh, yeah. recent in the past century or two. You know what they used to ask when they met you? Who's your father? What oh, village yeah. are you from? What's your family name? What's your tribal name? Yeah. See? Yeah, that makes sense. Our identity yeah. is, right. is locked into who, what I do. What yeah. You know, well, yeah. you who am this, I? And you could say the same for this. We exactly. are now sons and daughters of, of God. Exactly right. And so, you know, I was just thinking about the visual I had is, you know, uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, Adam was the first Adam. That didn't work out well for us. Then God sent the second Adam, yes. who was God, you know, incarnated. Mm -hmm. And now he saved us from our sins and he's in us, which we then become pure if we allow it to happen. Exactly. I mean, right. There's a process here. Even though the light is there, mm -hmm. it's not going to turn into a blaze <clears throat> unless we engage it mm -hmm. and understand what we're supposed to do. And I think the biggest thing for me is the fact that I was task orientated, sure. thinking that that was what I was supposed mm -hmm. to do. That is nothing yeah. close to what you're supposed yes, to be so doing as you're walking in the Lord now. It is not, I, I did this task, I went over to this missionary group, I did this and check them yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It, it means nothing. Mm -hmm. When I'm sitting here thinking, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, if I just take the counselor and the prince of peace and we can reflect that like you're looking in a mirror to other people, then that's where I think we're getting close. Yeah, right. And for me, the hardest part is being that prince of peace. Mm. Being calm and being a place that people can come even if they know they're going to tell me something that's going to be upsetting. But I think that's the way to encapsulate his character traits. Well, sure. He in other words, again, he wants to dwell in us. Yes. In, in, yeah, a, in yeah. a sense, the way Jesus entered into the human life and he was in a stable, in a manger, right. there's no room at the inn. We have to make room <clears throat> in our yes. inn. We, we yeah. have to make room for him. Yeah. And, and, and he, he says, look, in Gospel of John, chapter 1, to as many as received him, to them. Yeah. He, all we have to do is, Christmas is all about a gift. Mm -hmm. God's 
whole plan is about grace. Mm-hmm. And and we we always want to do something. What must I do? Ten steps to do mm-hmm. this. And da, 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 da. Well, it's it's receiving a gift. Yeah. Look, for God, the greatest personage in the universe, so loved the, that that that's the greatest emotion of all love. The world, the greatest audience. That he gave his only begotten son, the greatest gift of all time, that whomsoever, the greatest invitation mm-hmm. uh, that believeth in him, the greatest act of faith we could do, should not perish, the greatest warning, but have everlasting life, the greatest gift. Yes. You don't get no better on Christmas than that. Those no. are the great things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, Christmas is about a gift. Yeah. And you have two options, A, B. If somebody gives you a gift that's under the Christmas tree with your name on it, David, what's your options? <laughs> yeah. You got two options. <laughs> what? Well, you either open it or you don't. You receive it <laughs> or reject it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's A or B. Yeah. <clears throat> he that hath the Son hath life. He yeah. that hath not <clears throat> the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. Mm-hmm. Romans says, if you, have the, if you have not the Spirit of God, you're none of his. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Do you have the Holy Spirit or not? Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm a Presbyterian, you're a Baptist, you're Orthodox, you're it's, Do you have that Absolutely. relationship with God? Yes. You know, and so continuing yeah. here in Isaiah 9, he says, wonderful counselor, mighty God. Clearly, this one that's born, it says he's a child born, he's a son given, he is called the mighty God. Yeah. That, that's... I don't see how people move around this. I really, I'm with C.S. Lewis. Look, he is either a legend, he's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is Lord. Mm. He, he doesn't allow you room. Mm-hmm. You know, I when I talk to Muslims and they say he's a great and holy prophet, I said if he's a prophet and that's all he is, he's a false prophet. Mm. They go, what do you mean? I go, he's, he's, he receives worship, he forgives sins, he's saying I'm, I'm coming back in clouds of glory, which belongs only to God in terms of judgment. All of these things, I says, that belongs to God alone. Yes. You would never have Moses say, where two or three are gathered together, I'm in your midst. Yeah. Or I'm going to go to yeah. heaven, and mm-hmm. I, I, but wherever you go, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake mm-hmm. you. You're not going to have Ezekiel mm-hmm. or Isaiah no. say that. No. But you'd have God say it. Yes. In yeah. the story. Yeah. Okay. And then it says, everlasting Father. And you touched on this, David. This speaks of his eternality. Yeah. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. And the idea of Father... The idea, when you talk second Adam, and in a sense, first Adam was the first father mm-hmm. of the human race. Mm-hmm. We have a new race of people ushered in by Jesus, the second Adam, or the last Adam. The increase of government, well, there will be, and upon the throne of David, over his kingdom, you see that? This is a very important point. To order it and establish it with judgment from that time forward, even forever. Okay. See, this king that's going to come is not going to be you know, mm-hmm. like what, what you know, we got Queen Elizabeth. It looks like uh, Prince William is going to be the next king. She'll skip Charles. Give it, yeah. You know, but they only have 30 years, maybe 40 years on the throne. They're gone. This is an everlasting kingdom. Yeah. And that's the very important. And that comes back to us. <clears throat> if you look in the Old Testament, then we'll go into the New Testament. But if you look at Second Samuel for a moment, <clears throat> Second Samuel. Yeah, this is where God is talking to David. And, yeah. uh, what chapter, Jan? Uh, chapter 7. Uh, and he's given promises to him, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at chapter 7, yeah. and he says, verse, look at verse uh, 12 and 13. Okay. He's speaking to David now. Okay. You got it, David? Yes. You have it? Okay. You want to read it, Wendy? Oh, Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Okay. <clears throat> 
when your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come up from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Okay, now... This is David, but he's saying somebody's going to come from you, from your, your seed, your, your lineage. And he is going to establish your, the throne forever. You understand this mm -hmm. principle? Mm -hmm. And that's why when Jesus came, especially blind people, Nat, they would cry out, Oh, thou son of David. David. Yeah, Because yeah. they knew the Messiah would be of the line of David. And of yeah. course, he would have the power to open blind eyes and, mm -hmm. you know, the cripple could walk. Mm -hmm. But it's this idea of there's a forever throne coming. Again. Where yeah, is it? Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, when Jesus came, that whole place was under Roman rule. You know yeah. what I mean? It's going to be destroyed 35 years after his ascension into heaven. But his rule and reign, he's on a throne now. Yeah. But one day, he will rule and reign on this earth. This this earth right now is not under his complete control. It's mm -hmm. rebellious. It's mm -hmm. a... It's chaotic. You know what I'm saying? He will establish order. He will dispense with Satan. He will put all things right again. But yeah. do you understand that principle of yeah. eternal kingship? Yeah. And that's why we say, yes. the, the, the Gentile, the wise men would say, where is this king of the Jews? Yeah. Unto us is born a king. Yeah. It's really ironic when you think about it that when God comes into this world, he didn't pick a palace. No. He didn't pick something royal. You know, at, when yeah. I lived in Thailand, we used to go to the royal palace, the history yeah. and the yeah. uh, museums in Bangkok, mm -hmm. and they had a nursery yeah. where the prince, when he was born, that he would be in, the actual one, that was in a museum. But the crib was like laden with uh, jewels and emeralds and the mosquito netting was out of silk mm -hmm. and it was all embroidered that's where you put a prince mm -hmm. that's where you put a king mm -hmm. but god puts the king where in a feeding trough in a stable <laughs> in a trough wow. yeah. god's ways are not our yeah, ways his <laughs> thoughts are not our thoughts you see as the heavens yeah. are higher he does things the way we don't expect mm -hmm. them Absolutely. Yeah. you see yeah. and when we come probably next week we'll pick up on this but when we come that the first visitors, you know, when you go to the waiting room, you know, you want to go to the birthing center and see mm -hmm. where the baby is. Mm -hmm. Shepherds, they were like the lowest. They were like manual laborers. Mm -hmm. But here you have the highest angels on high. Right. Shepherds are being invited to go see this king that's in a manger. So you have the juxtaposition mm -hmm. of yeah. all this stuff going <clears throat> on. You have a paranoid king <clears throat> worried he's going to lose his throne, yeah, so he's going to kill all right. the babies too. Then you have this other king sleeping in a... His swaddling yeah. clothes. And then you have these kings coming from the east that have a little bit of scripture. They want to find out they're guided by a star. Mm -hmm. Then you got people in Jerusalem, the scribes up here. They know exactly <clears throat> where Messiah is going to be born, yeah. but they don't go to worship him. Mm. So you have an interplay. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool when <laughs> yeah. you get this juxtaposition uh, of all his forces uh, going on. You'll see the same thing as crucifixion. Even the earth is affected. Yeah. You know, like there's a bright light in the mm -hmm. sky. It is, you know, there's a, this. Whatever the star is up there, so too at his death, you have the ground shake with mm -hmm. the earthquake. Mm -hmm. the, the darkness covers three hours of the day, mm -hmm. which is out of sorts. So you have even nature is kind of uh, offset yeah. when Jesus comes or goes, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. It's unbelievable. You had a point to make, David? Well, you know, I was just thinking about, um, mm -hmm. you know, how humble this whole setting is. And, you know, I was also thinking about Christ, even while he was on earth doing his uh, work when he was 30 to 33. Mm -hmm. And most of us would have loved to have that fame 
you know, the, the, that's what we, you know, want. We want people to follow us. We want all these great things. We want our name up in lights. Mm -hmm. And it all started this way all through his life, you know, and, and just the way he came in humbly, the way it went throughout his life, and it wasn't until he ascended that look what happened. Mm. It was like a wildfire where in a hundred years it was all over the empire. It's just amazing to me, but that's the part that we have to re remember is how he came into the world, not just the fact he was born, but that humble nature for greatness, for divine greatness, is something that I try and get in my head every day Absolutely. about how I'm supposed to operate on earth. So when I'm thinking about his birth, I'm thinking about the humble way he arrived and how he, he carried his entire life Absolutely. until he ascended. Yeah, I mean, to your point, David, was, was where he was born, was that his parents' home? No. no. Was that manger yeah. that that belonged to Mary and Joseph? No. no. Mm -hmm. It was borrowed all through his life. He says, look, the foxes have holes, the birds mm -hmm. have nests, but what? The son of man has nowhere. When he wants to go in on uh, his yeah. greatest triumphal entry, he yeah. borrows this donkey, right? Yeah. I mean, when he's killed, okay, he, he goes into a rich man's grave. That's mm -hmm. a borrow too. Mm -hmm. The only thing he may have owned in this life was the robe he wore. Yeah. The robe he wore. So is that a metaphor or a sim symbolism of this is not my home? Well, yeah, that's a good point, Wanda. The idea that he, he, he again, when you study the life of Jesus, it's you step back and you just see. see it's so wonderful or paradoxical yeah. or enigmatic, you know, mm -hmm. what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But he walks through. He's identified by his clothing. You know, mm -hmm. even the swaddling clothes at his birth mm -hmm. and the burial shroud at his death. I didn't think of that. Oh, yeah. You're right the, about the, that. Study clothing yeah. in the scripture. We'll do that sometime. As, and but, the fabrics. And the fabric. And yeah. he touches. Absolutely. And the woman with the issue of blood touched, touched the hem of his, his garment. garment. Okay. So the idea, when they stripped him of that and then... And, and, and they would not gamble for that. Remember, the, 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 you see, mm -hmm. soldiers, when they killed somebody, we're getting a little off track, it doesn't matter. When they killed somebody, they could take whatever possessions. It was called soldier's pay. Mm -hmm. You know, the, this guy owned this, he has mm -hmm. a bag of gold. They'd split it up. Mm -hmm. But they says, no, 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 let's not do that with his robe. You remember why? It was, it was one seamless. seamless. Yeah, it was seamless. It had no yeah. beginning, no yeah. end, no right. him. Jesus hot. is seamless. Is He's the alpha and the omega. You understand? Mm -hmm. And so too scripture. What does Jesus say in John chapter 10? Scripture cannot be broken. Yes. Scripture cannot yes. be divided. I so uh, we're just about done. Yes. So that's great. And, and you know, we're going to pick up on this, Wanda, next week okay. because we just really touched it. We yeah. haven't touched yeah. on the Gospels of Luke mm -hmm. yes. or Matthew where we're going to see this. But once you start getting into this, you're going to see he, um, he, think of a stained glass window. You know, in the cathedrals of Europe, okay? It, it's multiple glass, it's gorgeous, but you can't see it really until the light, the noonday sun shines through, and then you see all the fine colors, all the nuances. So too with the life of Jesus. When he comes, he's not simply the light of the world, but he's the light of the word. He yes. illuminates the word. And so when he comes at Christmas and he lives amongst us, he shines light on all these Old Testament passages. Yeah. Wow. And we yeah. see, oh, look at Zechariah. Look what yeah. says that I say. Right. And we're the yeah. benefactors. Yes. Now, I close on this note. One of the first thing Jesus says in the Gospel of John, he says, what are you looking for? He, in other words, he's saying uh, people approach him and, I, and the, 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 the Gospel opens and he turns uh, to perhaps the followers of John and he says uh, something ever, something very interesting in John chapter 1. First thing he says in the Gospel of John, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? 
And my, my thing to all of us, believers and unbelievers, this Christmas season, what are you looking for? What, are, what am I looking for? What are you looking for, David? What are you looking for, Wanda? What is it you're looking for? What is our listener who doesn't know the Lord yet? Yet yeah. to be a believer, he's curious, he's interested, a skeptic, a critic, I don't care. But when Jesus says that, what are you looking for? Yeah. And if you find it, did you, did you know you found it? <laughs> you see what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. Jesus can be found. If you seek him with all your heart, he provides you enough evidence. He will reveal himself to you. Yes, yes. David. You know, you asked me what I'm seeking. And if you look at John 1, uh, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. When, when I go into that Christmas Eve service mm -hmm. with my family, mm -hmm. I, I'm reflecting on the entire year. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I feel is the comfort knowing that we're there. I try and block out everything else mm -hmm. and focus on the birth of Christ because he is the light that will overcome any darkness you have in your life. That's what it's all about, exactly John. Right. And that's what I'm seeking. Yeah, yeah. and he will illuminate. Absolutely. And for my family and your family and Wanda's, everybody, yes. for all families, it's that light in their life. Yes. Yeah, he's the light of the yeah. world. You know what, David? If you want to read One Solitary Life, we're going to close on that. Oh, sure. But And we'll probably do it again next week. It's one of the most powerful essays uh, about <clears throat> the life of Jesus. And we're going to close on this. Uh, it, was, it was by Dr. James Allen Francis, One Solitary Life. Here is a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village. He worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. Then for three years he was an uh, intermittent preacher. He never owned a home. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never put his foot into a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. That, that's amazing. Mm. He never did one of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying... His executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on earth, his coat. Hmm. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen long centuries have come and gone, and today he is a centerpiece of the human race and a leader of the column of progress. I am far within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the movies that were ever built, all the parliaments that ever sat and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as has that one solitary life. Amen. Yeah. True. Yes. So we'll pick this up next week. Thank you, Wanda. Thank uh, God you. bless you Absolutely. and David. And again, anyone that wants to call in to the show, uh, the number here is 440-399-3044. And as we go forward into Christmas, we'll pick this up next week. We'll Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless you. Thank you, Wanda. Stay safe.